The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by hosts and guests on this podcast are their own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of UCLA Athletics or UCLA Gymnastics. The content of this podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. So you have this dream that you want to reach that's way over here and think of a plan of how can I slowly make steps towards that goal. Like you want to get a, you know, a job promotion or you want to get fit or anything like that. I think first starting with this goal that's over here and you're making little baby steps, but along the way, acknowledging those small wins, acknowledging, you know, those small successes that you make along the way. Welcome to the Bruins on Deck edition of the Resilience to Brilliance podcast, where you'll be inspired by riveting behind-the-scenes stories from current members of UCLA Gymnastics. I'm your host, Kim Hamilton-Anthony. Here we go. Emma Malabuyo is a junior at UCLA. Before joining the Bruins, she spent five years on the U.S. national team and was an alternate for the 2020 U.S. Olympic team. At UCLA, she is making a strong impression with her drive to conquer challenges as a student and as an athlete, not to mention providing the world with some beautiful gymnastics. Emma took time out of her busy schedule to share her thoughts on resilience with me. And she even made an announcement that at the time of the interview, had not been yet made public. Let's listen. Emma, how are you? So great to see you. You too. I'm doing great. Hope you're doing well, but I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. excited to have you. I really am. Beautiful room you're in, I must say. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Do you have a little bit of interior decorating going on in the blood? I'm not very creative, but the only thing that I contributed to my own room is um, my music taste. So I really love music. So I got my favorite albums and I put them in frames over here. Nice. I like that. That's some little decorations. And I don't know if you could see my ukulele in the back, but there's that too. Yes. So, <laughs> so you play the ukulele. I do. Mm-hmm. It's like my outlet outside of gymnastics and my crazy life. Well, Emma, you were a five-time U.S. national team member and an alternate for the 2020 Olympic team. Then you stepped into the college ranks and became a Bruin, which I'm so grateful for. What was it about UCLA that took you to Westwood? Oh, there's so many things that drew me in into UCLA, but I would say that when I think of UCLA, I think about all of the challenges that you face at this um, prestigious university. And I think I am really drawn to obstacles and just working through any challenges in my life. So it's very cool to be challenged academically, um, socially and gymnastically. So I feel like I learn and I'm growing so much here. And that's kind of what drew me in. But also the pizzazz that the UCLA gymnastics team carries, watching their floor routines and um, having that really creative side, I think that is kind of what brought me in to coming to UCLA. Yeah, that is great. I thought it was very interesting to read about you saying that you don't really like it when things are too easy in life. Where do you think that comes from? And then you mentioned, okay, the strenuous 
a regimen at UCLA as an athlete and a student, it's not easy. So that challenge is really good for you, huh? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like challenges kind of fuel me and it pushes me. And I feel like I just learn a lot if I, you know, make mistakes or I'm put into uncomfortable situations. I think I'm really good at um, adapting and kind of learning and using, you know, my skill sets to work through any obstacles. So, yeah. Do you have a major yet? Is there something that you are thinking about doing after you graduate UCLA? Yeah, so I'm majoring in communications, and my goal is to be hopefully a sports broadcaster, commentator, or maybe be on the production side of media. So I'm very interested in a lot of things, but I kind of want to get more experience and see uh, where life takes me. Wonderful. I know you'll have plenty of opportunities for sure. Now, you had a brilliant freshman year, including scoring a perfect 10 on the balance beam. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you've been a force to the Bruins, putting up solid routines. And when I watch you, I think of precision. I think of amazing execution. And I can't help but smile when you're out there because you're just so <laughs> fun to watch, Emma. You really are. Oh, thank you. How would you describe your collegiate career in gymnastics so far? Is that something that you've enjoyed when you consider the transition from elite to college? Yeah, I've enjoyed my entire experience here at UCLA. And it's very different than elite just because um, when you're an elite, you do everything individually and you are striving for perfection. But in college, you're doing the same thing. But it's different in a way where every single skill that you do, you are trying to be perfect. You're not, there's no really room for error, but you're doing it for your teammates. You're doing it for your coaches. You're doing it for the fans. So I think that's something special that um, really brings that joy out of me and makes me want to perform and really have fun out there because I want to do it and share this moment with everybody else. Oh, I love it. And when you share, it is such a beautiful thing to watch. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. It's my understanding that it wasn't necessarily, and you, of course, can correct me if I'm wrong, that it wasn't necessarily in your plan. But after being away from elite gymnastics for two years, you decided to step back into that space. So what happened that took you there? Yes. So it was towards the end of my season and Janelle was like, oh, play with some skills because you need to get out of your head a little bit. And I was like, okay, yeah, let me play with some upgrades. And so I was playing with more difficult skills that I used to compete and I had so much fun. And I'm like, oh, I can train these skills and still really enjoy gymnastics. And I'm like, oh, like, what if I can do this? What if I could add something else? So I had like a little bit of like a taste of my old elite gymnastics skills and I wanted to progress and do more. And then I actually, one of the coaches who works with the U.S. and the Filipino national team contacted me and was like, I've been watching your gymnastics journey throughout your whole entire career. Would you want to compete for the Philippines? So he brought up this opportunity and there's, I was just thinking, there's, I can't pass this up. Like I cannot. Wow. um, Yeah. So it all came together. I was so excited. I'm like, wow, I'm finding my joy. I'm really excited. And, you know, I didn't want to have any regrets. So I was like, let's just make the most out of this and see what I can do. I love it. I love it. That's so exciting that what did it make you feel like to get that call and to know that someone's been watching you and that they feel that you can make the Filipino national team? Yeah. 
I was just so grateful to receive that call just because knowing that someone has understood or just watched my story and um, understand my just me pushing through everything just to um, go through my whole entire elite career and having that support and that belief in me that gave me the confidence to yeah just just to try so yeah so you stepped into that space you won a silver medal on floor exercise at the 2023 Asian Championships congratulations that's a big deal and I'm not sure if this is true or not but are you planning on making a run for the 24 Olympics Yes, I am. I actually, um, I don't think I've told anybody yet, but I'm excited to tell you guys now. But um, during, yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually going to be trying to do both compete for UCLA, um, do school, and also go wow. to the World Cups in February. So I'm going to try to qualify to the Olympics through all the World Cups, but I'm mm-hmm. getting so much support from my team and coaches. So um, oh, I'm just very I grateful for all of them. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful that you have the opportunity to do that. Back in my day, you kind of made a choice. Either you were elite or you went to college, but it wasn't common for you to do both. So I'm so glad you have this opportunity. And what makes me even happier is the joy. Like as you describe what you're feeling and the excitement about what you're doing, it's just, it's beautiful. I'm excited for you. I I really am. I really am. It just means a lot just because, you know, um, I actually brought it up to the coaches because I wasn't sure, like, do I need to take a year off? Because I do want to compete for UCLA and um, help the team in any way possible. And so Janelle is very open to it. Like, yeah, I want to support you. And I know you don't want to have any regrets. So we can train both and I'll help you in any other way. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. So let's jump to your resilience story. Can you describe a significant time in your life when basically resilience had to be your best friend? Where I've shown resilience is towards this Olympic dream. So I've had this dream of competing in the Olympics since I was eight years old. And I would train 36 hours a week. I pushed through mental blocks and injuries and surgery and my family sacrificing so much for me to accomplish this dream. So in 2021, when I made the Olympic team as an alternate, you know, I was so happy and overwhelmed and very excited about that whole entire journey. But I think just showing resilience in that I still want to accomplish this dream, even though it's taking 13 years, I want to do anything in my ability that I can work towards this dream, even though that life is very unpredictable at times and there's so many obstacles. But, you know, even though it's going to take many, many years to get there, I want to do everything in my power just to get closer to this dream. So I'm still staying on this path. Did you ever feel like that window for you to be in the Olympics had come and gone? Because it's almost like you're getting a second chance. It did. The first time I was trying for the Olympics, I felt like, oh, I'm at my peak. I'm doing so well. And then COVID happened. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to wait an an entire year. Uh, My body was healthy at this point, but we're also going to get more competition from the younger juniors turning into seniors. So there was just so much involved. Um, 
But I feel like after I made the Tokyo Olympic team, I was kind of like, oh, okay, that was awesome. And that, that was my one chance because I don't think that my body could handle going for the Olympics again, or I didn't even know there was a possibility to compete for the Filipino national team. And so um, having this second chance, it kind of was a sign to me like, oh, this is another shot at my dream and I want to make the most out of it. So, um, but yeah, it does feel like a second, second chance. Exciting. So what advice can you give to the person who may have had a dream and they think that the window for that dream has come and gone like Mm -hmm. you thought, but then they still have this fire in them. They still want to accomplish that dream. What would you tell them? I would say that, you know, you have this goal, you have this dream, but the best thing to do, in my opinion, is to break it up into small building blocks. So you have this dream that you want to reach that's way over here and think of a plan of how can I slowly make steps towards that goal. So, for instance, let me um, think. So like you want to get a, you know, a job promotion or you want to get fit or anything like that. I think first starting with this goal that's over here and you're making little baby steps, but along the way, acknowledging those um, small wins, acknowledging, you know, those small successes that you make along the way of like, okay, so throughout my Olympic journey, um, I'm sleeping, I'm fueling my body, I'm recovering, I'm being diligent with treatments and getting on top of everything. So just making small baby steps while also being consistent, I think that's my advice. I think that's really good advice. There was one other story that, oh, I didn't share yet, but I was struggling with a mental block, uh, a double twist on vault. And I actually had surgery on my tibia. And so before I was just so nervous to land any vault, to twist into the ground or anything that would happen. And so in the middle of this vault, it's like Olympic year and I'm already gearing up for Olympic trials. And I had this mental block and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to complete this or compete this double twist ever again. And so my coach, like we just had to work on my confidence, visualizing and kind of breaking these steps back down into like, okay, let's go into the foam pit first. Let's go add a mat into the foam pit. Okay, let's do it under pressure. Let's do this. So we kept kind of making those baby steps. But I remember standing at the back of the vault runway, I'm crying and I'm like, I'm just so scared. I'm just so nervous. I don't know if I can do this. And crazy thing is at Olympic trials, we get a 30 second touch before you're about to show your vault or any routine. And so during that 30 second touch, I had two turns and I balked on every single one on both just to delay out. And I was like, okay, I need to get myself together. I need to get back into like, okay, what, what can I do at this point? Let me visualize. Let me think of all the good vaults that I've done before and previously leading up and kind of finding my inner confidence and, so that's kind of what I had to tap into when it was time to raise my arms and salute that I knew that right there, I, I got this, I can do it. So that mm-hmm. is when I showed um, resilience. Yes. And then how did the vault go? Oh, it was one of my best vaults. <laughs> yes. I, I saluted. I'm like, yep, I do this every time. <laughs> Yes, yes. You're like, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I do. (laughs) Exactly. And I think it was more fulfilling that when something is challenging, I find that more fulfilling. Like, oh, I put in the work and I did all this and I was able to accomplish my goal. 
I think that's where I get very, you know, happy and find that inner joy rather than it just being so perfect and so easy. That's interesting. I'd love that your coach worked with you. You kind of got, took a step backwards, kind of started over with the progression and there was some patience there. And when I think about your advice to someone out there who may have this dream and have another, you know, they want to go for that again and continue to go for that promotion or, you know, maybe they're Mm -hmm. an athlete and they have a dream of winning a national title or something else to take those steps, to break it down. I really like that. That's such good advice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Final question. What does living in brilliance mode look like for you? I think living in brilliance mode is just kind of being my happiest self and being the best Emma. And I think that's when I tap into brilliance mode, I think of all the love and support that is that I'm surrounded by, like my friends, my family, all the relationships that I have that sort of fills my cup and makes me who I am. And I feel so fulfilled from all the little things in life. Like I enjoy hanging out with my family or reading or making music and doing all of these things that sort of fill my cup. And when I do feel um, fulfilled, I have this joy, this happiness that I carry around, but I also um, just want to spread positivity to anybody and want to make them feel loved and supported in any way. But yeah, that's kind of what I think when I think of Brilliance Mode. Emma, thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast. It has been fun chatting with you. Thanks for sharing your gift with me. Thanks for sharing your story as well. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I loved being on here. And you also have an amazing story too. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Emma Malabuyo, check out our show notes on inbrilliancemode.com slash podcast. And to connect with UCLA Gymnastics on Instagram, follow them at UCLA Gymnastics. Any use of this podcast without the express written consent of Brilliance Mode LLC is prohibited.